Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Rose Shearer here, and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me here today. It is a pleasure to be back, just me and all of you. I know I have had a lot of inter- a few interviews lately. I guess maybe not a lot, but the last six months there's been half a dozen of them. I hope you learned something. There was some great guests that I feel so privileged that came on the show and shared their expertise on the magnetic mind, kind of like the law of attraction. Dr. Debbie Silver with her uh, Betrayal Institute. Oh, if you have had betrayal in your life. Uh, and it doesn't have to always be just cheating spouse. There, there's many forms of betrayal. Give that podcast a listen to and then check out her website. If you are struggling with your spirituality and even whether you're Christian or not and are sitting on the fence, go check out uh, Dr. Russell. Uh, he was he was just fantastic. If you are, what else is there? Oh, I hope any of you that had teen suicide issues or have always wondered, you check out the teen suicide um, uh, uh, episode with Jackie. And so oh, who else was on? If you're feeling very cluttered, in your life, then you definitely want to be checking out Tanya Cordy from Time and Space Solutions. She just, we had such a great conversation. We got on to a few little uh, segues, but she just has very common sense to, I don't know, uh, how would I say this? When our life and home businesses, you know, are cluttered and we're holding on to things that we need to let go in our lives, it affects us. Our physical, mental, subconscious, emotions, everything. Living in chaos affects every area of your life. So she teaches you to sort of declutter and organize and then goes into working on your life. Okay, so it's, it's kind of a nice flow and we had a wonderful conversation. Eric Winters on the swipe right on your best life. Again, just beautiful, simple steps to creating, you know, less regrets, which we talk about a lot on this podcast and just living a bolder life. He was, he was just wonderful. Uh, it's been a while since I did Trisha uh, Nelson on the eating disorders. And I'm sorry, again, she, she was the podcast I've heard that I learned a very valuable lesson on that I forgot to record. I hope to have her on again, but if you have a eating disorder, or you're doing emotional eating, please check out her book, Heal Your Hunger. That's Trisha Nelson. Um, I tried to cover as much as I could in the interview, but it was my error and wow, that was embarrassing, let me tell you. So today I wanna to talk about learning to say goodbye. In the meditation book that I, I use a lot on this podcast, this was uh, yesterday's topic. And it was very interesting because she talks about letting go of dreams as well. And before you freak out, let me expand on this and let's have a conversation, okay? So sometimes we need to say goodbye. And I've really, really had to, uh, how do I put this, accept that there are some people in my life that just didn't need to be there anymore. Their energy was either very controlling or they just, a lot of anger. If I cannot help, then with my energetic issues and my pain and health issues, COVID really taught us one thing and that was, I'm quite happy with my smaller circle. 
then let them go. We hang on to stuff as human beings. That's why I say check out Tanya Cordy's um, episode with me because she talks about this. It isn't just stuff. Sometimes it's people. Uh, I talk about attitudes, limiting beliefs that we just hang on to. Okay, some goodbyes come suddenly without warning. Others are anticipated. Sometimes, and I'm reading from the book just so I'm very clear on this, they're a relief. I know for me, a few things that have happened this last month were a relief. And sometimes they hurt deeply. And I've had that in my past as well. You know, someone uh, I felt betrayed and, oh my goodness, I cried. I cried for the loss of the friendship, for the trust, for what I thought was between me and the other person. It, these, this is life. We say goodbye to things, people, and places. Now, you know if you listen to my podcast regularly that I've lost my father during COVID and I lost my brother-in-law who was healthy. We lost him very, very quickly. And it's just taken such a toll on our family. I lost my beautiful baby pet girl, my dog, at 15 years during just before COVID, the week before. A lot of loss. And a lot of other people have had a lot of loss um, during this last couple of years. They've lost family members over differencing opinions. Some people are losing their homes or they financially just can't survive. They're losing jobs. Uh, you know, if my husband had got the jab, he would have lost his job. I don't know how we would have handled all that. I lost my job, uh, my other job in bookkeeping when COVID hit. Lots and lots of areas that people can have loss in. We say goodbyes to beliefs and behaviors though as well that become outdated. These are things you've probably heard me tell the story about, you know, how three generations all cut the ends off the roast and put it in the pan and it wasn't until the granddaughter finally asked the grandmother and she goes, well, my pan was too small. And yet somehow this gets passed down generation to generation that that's the way, quote unquote, to cook a roast. No. <laughs> Double check your facts. Always ask yourself, you know, why do I believe this? That's a big one. Something I'm trying to teach my granddaughter because, you know, I upset her. I'm probably the only one in my family that doesn't believe in giving children um, these fake vaccines because the efficacy of them is like 14% and they have, children have a robust immune system. So what do they need, you know, a flu shot for between the ages of five and 12? I don't know. It's just me. But anyways, her parents gave it, you know, okayed for the school to give it to her. I was devastated. Well, you know what? That as well, I have to let go. So there are a lot of things in life that you have to say goodbye to. And knowing that I can't change something is a form of goodbye. It truly is. But occasionally along the journey, we need to say goodbye to something else too. Our dreams. Dreams are precious. They become embedded in our minds and our hearts. When they die, it can be painful to let go of them. But if we're not careful, dead dreams we haven't released can sabotage our lives and hearts. Now, I have two examples I'm going to go into on this in my own life. We will continue to try to place people and things in the vacant roles in our dreams. Our dead dreams will, in fact, be controlling our lives and blocking our hearts. Living with dreams that are dead closes the door to finding new visions and creating new dreams. If you can't see today or tomorrow clearly because of yesterday's dreams, it may be time for a funeral. Now, I love how she puts this. Tenderly take your dearest dreams, your highest hopes and aims, the ones from yesterday that are now never to be, and place them gently in the ground. Tell them how dear they were and are, but tell them also it's time to say goodbye. 
cover them up and dry your eyes. Then you can open yourself to the new hopes and dreams of today. So let me give you a couple of examples of this. I have had many businesses over the years, despite my, you know, 28 years in the accounting field of side gigs. And the biggest one probably for me that I put the most time, money and energy into was my immobilizer business. This was like 30 years ago, 30, 25 to 30 years ago. And it was automotive security, kind of a big thing back then. I worked with the insurance companies in my province and in my country for discounts. Uh, kill switches were not a thing on vehicles back then. Like they, every car comes with a, a disabling um, kill switch really now. Anything, you know, above a certain, certain standard of car. Very, very common now, but it wasn't back then. And I had installers. I had retail outlets that sold the product. I, I owned the, the rights to Western Canada. And as a single mom still running my bookkeeping business, I, I worked that business for years. But there was a time when I realized it wasn't going to go where I wanted it to. Uh, things as well was changing in the automotive industry. People weren't adding aftermarket items like they were back then. And I had to let it go. And it was hard because, you know, in my mind, I held the vision that it would succeed. And, and, but it didn't. It didn't. Lots of learning. That's really all you can take away from it is what's the learning. But, you know, my father looked at me once again like a failure. And that was really hard for my ego. Okay, there's nothing else that was being hurt here but my ego. And I've been involved in network marketing companies that have come and gone. And the only thing really in my life that works really well is real estate. So we're going to go, my husband and I, speaking of new dreams, are going to go back to that here in the next year. We're going to look into some projects and I'm going to oversee them. It has always been good to us except for like one. Let's say, say we did eight or nine investments over the years, places we've purchased, two broke even, one lost us money. Those are still fantastic odds. And the one that lost us money was fraud. It, I mean, sometimes you just can't see certain things coming. 15 years ago, the person, the building was built. Don't get me wrong. It was built. They took our money and they absconded with it. I am still in court with that to this day, doing things to try and get that money back. But you know what? It's also been a long time and life has gone on and we have adjusted and adapted. I have adjusted to adapted to my fibromyalgia. So many things to losing my bookkeeping business two years ago when COVID hit because my clients got hit. Yes, I was grateful because I, I wanted and needed a change. But all of these things were other goals, other dreams that just had to be let go. And now I'm feeling it's time for new dreams because that's what I was doing. I was sort of living in the past and in the current pain of everything, not realizing dreams jive us. They jive me anyways. When you have a goal and a passion, something you love to do, it's not work really. And when I'm creating, I lose track of time. When I was designing the house that I built down the street from the one that we live in now, my dream home, guys, to scale, I built it in cardboard, not even that, in white, the heavy duty construction board that kids use in, in kindergarten. And I taped it to my glass coffee table in my TV room. Yeah, I did that over a whole weekend. My son 
you know, he's younger. He was just barely a mid-teen. And he comes, uh, my husband comes home from a business trip and Ryan pulls him aside and says, uh, Keith, you need to go check on mom. I she's been in her pajamas for three days. Yes, I did. I was obsessed. <laughs> and honestly, the hours I put into that project, they weren't even work. They just weren't because it was a love. And it's been a long time, other than my podcasting, that I've had that kind of passion. I have played around with selling alkalized water machines and lipsticks and healthcare and my oils. There are things on my website that I will always promote because I truly believe in better health and uh, getting, you know, having a great basis. But it's also sometimes time to let things go. I've been selling off, like for instance, speaking of Tanya Cordy and decluttering, I've been selling off some of my inventory and just getting it out the door. It's just, I don't, that's not a business I'm gonna put my, there's little businesses and network marketing things and cool products that I'm just not putting my effort into. And they're really now distractions. So those really aren't dreams. Dreams were being self-employed, my bookkeeping business when I was a single mom at 27. That was a dream. I fell into it a little bit, but I don't make a great employee. I like doing things my way. <laughs> uh, building my house, that was a dream. Traveling with my husband and, and buying some investment properties. Loved that. You know, it's funny, when I got sick with fibromyalgia and didn't have my income, I was stressed to the max and have been fairly stressed for a number of years about, you know, how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And yet when I had three properties on the go and a million dollars in mortgages, I slept every night like a baby because I had complete and utter faith that we could handle it and it would work out. Total faith. And it all, it all did in the end. Perfectly? No. Lessons learned? Yes. $100,000 not realized on one of the properties? Check. But you know what? Still here. Still have a roof over my head, food on the table. Do you kind of get what I'm saying here? Sometimes we really need to refocus. So when we talk about dreams, it really is about reevaluating, and you should be doing this regularly in your life. It is a high-functioning habit. Taking regular assessments of your life, are things that you're working towards, are they still important to you? Are your actions matching your values? This last two years has really taken people by surprise. A lot of fear was peddled. A lot of people lived in fear. And I understand that. Not from the COVID situation, but when I got sick with fibro. I lived in fear. Two years, scared out of my mind. What were, are we going to do? I was the income earner in this marriage. The bigger income earner. We have all this because I, you know, A-type personality. Succeed, succeed. And then it all got ripped away overnight. Oh my, that was a huge adjustment. So these are the things that we need to evaluate in our lives. What's important? What is giving us what we need? And then of course the part about that is backing up and finding and figuring out what is it you do need? If you have never visited my website, livingwellwithshell.com, please do and download my ebook. It's small, it's short, it needs to be rewritten. It's on my list of to-do lists, uh, which I have let go sideways. And I'll talk about even about this podcast, about how this last couple of weeks, I've really wondered what my new dreams might be. But anyways, let's just stick with the book. Download that because it just kind of takes you through the, the five to seven steps of things that you need to understand when creating new habits and reevaluating. And one of them right out of the gate is choice. You need to choose, then you need to learn. 
And the question is, are you doing these things? All the guests I've had on my podcast seem to kind of have a very similar theme, which clearly is why we were matched up with a podcasting com matching company. Fabulous, by the way. And it just brought some people that I probably never would have ran across from all over the world. I've had interviews from England and Australia and uh, Poland and all over the place. And I loved every minute of it because I am a learner. You know, I have the sacred gift of knowledge. And this, any sacred gifts aren't just about the fact that you do them or you learn. It's about sharing the knowledge. So it always has to be together. Like I love music but I don't share that. I don't have a gift with it and I don't share it with the world. I can barely play the piano after, you know, years of <laughs> lessons as a kid. Um, so my sacred gift, one of my sacred gifts is knowledge. And that's why reevaluating dreams right now for me is what do we want to be doing? There's a part of me that thinks maybe, you know, after going on, we're almost at six years, five and a half years, this podcast has been going, you know, 60,000 people out there in this whole planet download you know my my episodes that's not a big amount of people for like a very successful podcast but then when I get messages from some of you as my listeners that say thank you or this really touched me or thanks for sharing that learning experience then it's all worthwhile for me and of course it feeds into my need to teach to to educate uh, to, to be of service but maybe it's done now and I don't need to be doing anything else. I've certainly given up on creating spectacular websites and social media on a dozen outlets. No, I keep the little Living Well with Shell Instagram page uh, going, account going, just to give you daily inspiration, just sayings of daily inspiration. Uh, I think I did a podcast a couple months back saying why I haven't been on video. I've had skin that's been so broken out, uh, fightings that I do not know what. We have finally got on top of it. It made me very self-conscious and not want to be on video. When I do my interviews, I'm on video with a pound of makeup on, but it's just not something, you know, every day of my life I get up and do all that to, to be on a video about something. So all of those little insecurities and limiting beliefs about myself have been the lessons that I've been working through this past this past uh, year. So when I say COVID, it's just this been this two years of a lot for people. And some people woke up and said, oh, do you know what? This isn't great, but I also was not doing what I loved. I wasn't bringing passion to my life or my job or my family. I wasn't learning new things. I wasn't working on myself. This, if any time in history, with everything slowing down, the first year should have been the year you should, you know, we needed to be doing that. And I've talked about it in the fact that I did to the to the detriment of my health because I took on so much. I wasn't lying around watching Netflix. I was taking every course I could, learning to video edit, all sorts of stuff, and it was too much. So there always needs to be balance, guys. So I always recommend books. And you know that I'm a big fan of Jim Quick and Limitless. Uh, I'm a very big fan of um, Eckhart Tolle's In the Now or, or Being in the Now. doesn't matter. If you search it, you're going to find it. And my new book recommendation right now, which I'm going to talk about, I'm going to create another podcast on triggering, is You Are Not Broken by Dr. Sarah Woodhouse. Highly, highly, highly recommend this. But a lot of these people all have the same theme. They're not necessarily all teaching, like Jim Quick certainly does, uh, brand new information. It's tying together 
so many people's research and what's working and neoplas- uh, neuroplasticity and who teaches that. Um, come on, the fellow that does all the, not the memory stuff, but the the uh, the learning and the attraction. It'll come to me in a second. He's just always there. I've read his book as well. These are the types of things that the self-help industry and such are awakening up to, which I love. I love. In fact, I think that's one of the, um, in the book of, or, or in his interview with Gunther Mueller, Develop Your Magnetic Mind, he talks about how he feels the self-help uh, industry has really lost lost it lost its way a little bit that you don't need to always be digging up all the hurts of the past you need to be just focused on what it is you want and becoming a conscious creator and you know we had a lot of really good things to say so I just put that out there you, you guys do with it what you will but dreams and letting go people in your life Let's talk about that for a second. Yes, I lost a a dear friend, someone I thought was a dear friend in the first few months of COVID. She called me a killer. I did a podcast on it. You know, they, they, it's the funny thing was, I'm very open and I changed my mind quite honestly. It was funny that something her husband ridiculed me online about two months later, she cut me off because it was the opposite. She never acknowledged that, never got back to me it's fine. The friendship is over. It was awful, actually. And I've, it's only the second time in my life I've had a, a real cut and dry loss of a friendship like that. Usually it's, you know, some things people just drift apart over time or you have different interests. You know, I was telling my, my husband the other day that, you know, who I consider my best friends now are very different than 20 years ago. And it's because sometimes in life, you know, for instance, you have kids. You tend to, for the most part, hang probably with other people that have children you have common interests your neighborhood family whatever work well my life has gone through lots of changes over the years so so have my friendships I have a core group that have been in my life for many many years but yes the closeness of some people has has come and gone then my business my clients lost their clients the bookkeeping died I actually needed that kick in the butt because I was just very much done with that career for a lot of reasons after 28, 29 years. My body couldn't handle sitting in the office chairs that many hours. I was dealing with a lot of chronic pain that it's the last couple of years we've, we've, tried, we've realized what's going on and have gotten on top of. Not necessarily the pain so much, but we understand what, where it's coming from. It's not all fibro. And then dreams used to do a lot of real estate investing and such like that. So like I spoke about before, and now we're going to go back to doing that. So all of these things are changes in, in our lives and a new direction. And to be quite honest, in our my marriage, and sometimes we also judge far too heavily what our partner does and doesn't bring to the table. I am the dreamer and the doer and the planner. When I am lost, other than looking after me, my husband floats as well a, a little bit. So I've been very excited for him this past year because he found a new passion with a business. That's that little side gig for him. And I couldn't be happier for him. Honestly, I could not be happier. But we're also going to, you know, move forward into some real estate stuff. And he's excited about that. It's my job, but it's, he will support that fully. And I am so very, very fortunate with that. But friends as well, sorry, I I digress there for a second. The friend that I lost two years ago, well, even this past couple months, one of my friends moved to Mexico and she started putting up a lot of uh, 
requirements of what she was and wasn't going to tolerate to maintain friendships. Phone calls only. I don't want a texting relationship, she said. She went into a lot of huge uh, justification for leaving her children behind and following her dream. I say, go for it. It's your, it's your life. You're retired. Do, do your thing. But the daughters that they left behind that have no other family, we as a neighborhood have sort of stepped in and, and supported them. Well, she was kind of resentful about that. So I had to put up boundaries with her bullying and her, you know, my way or the highway attitudes. Another friend that I have in the neighborhood, a lot of anger. She's always angry about something and doesn't sense where triggers are, are, are being, are happening. And I'm again, different topic, but so there's sometimes people come and go. And the biggest problem I think we have with letting go of people is that we want it to be angry and blameful and it does not have to be. When my girlfriend Brenda comes back, I will be happy to give her a hug. I have missed her. There's lots about her. She's just a wonderful, loving person. But like I say, she's one of she's one of those people that sometimes is is an acquired taste. It can be the same thing in relationships. I used to get joked about in my 20s and early 30s about the fact that I was still friends with all my exes. I have an ex-husband from when I was 22 years of age. I was a single mom by 24, but for years, and we still are, we just don't see each other much anymore with the, our kids all grown and now we've got a grandchild. Um, we've always stayed friends, always. I mean, yes, the first year or so was yucky, but after that, I just made a decision that I watched his first marriage. I was his th second wife and he's on his third family now. I just watched the bitterness in that, in that relationship. Oh, it was just awful. So yes, I used to have parties and all my ex-boyfriends would show up. So I used to get made fun of that. But my attitude is they were, unless there was something really wrong, if they were worth having in my life and dating or whatever, then they were worthwhile people. Just people. Didn't matter the role they were playing in my life at the time. They were worthwhile people. So I, I kept them. So it really depends on, on your life and and your tolerance level and maybe your current spouse's tolerance level where mine was amazing and doesn't have a jealous bone in his body. But over time, those things did just, we just all moved apart. But naturally, so like I say, back to the part where so many of us, we treat ending relationships where there needs to be blame. How about if we just look at, at, at it as a situation that this is no longer serving me, this person and I are not communicating or having the same dreams, uh, especially if it's not a marriage where you, you might want to, you know, really do some deep diving to make sure that it's not salvageable. Friendships, you know, my the friends I hang with now, uh, one of them I've had since I was very young. The other is newer in my life, just newer peripheral. But we all now live closer together. Our husbands have become very good friends and now we travel together. We're, they're my, my vacation divas, as I call them. And that is who I go to now. They are, you know, they are my dear, dear close friends. Well, what if I still had the exact same friends as I had when I was 21 years of age and nothing had changed? I didn't add anybody, didn't take anybody away. Would that be healthy? Some of them might be because some of them are actually are still in my life. But I think we need to be a little more open and not let our subconscious and our need for safety that need for safety that doesn't involve change, okay? Change is a tough one. And that's why letting go and learning to say goodbye is so hard on people. Change is scary. 
But if I can look back on my last 30 years of my life, so, you know, from my mid to late 20s, when I've entered adulthood and, you know, I've got a son, I've got a business starting, you know, where I started making, I wasn't living at home, I'm not a child anymore, or a young adult, I am, I'm truly participating in society and running my own world. I'm so grateful for the people that have come and gone. And I work very hard now when I revisit the memories to find the positive and and a lesson if there is one and to let the rest of it go. Also, not to cut it all off, but to embrace it. One of the things I posted on Instagram the other day was feel the feelings, but don't become the emotion. That is something we can all work towards. And let me tell you how empowering that is. Huge, ginormous, at least for me. So anyways, think about these things. Look at your life. Do not let other people, and when I say this, tongue in cheek, you know, you don't go to people uh, for, uh, sorry, you don't take criticism for people that you wouldn't go to for advice, okay? And yet we do. We let so many people that don't get off the couch, that have never done anything in their lives, affect us. I was listening to Dr. Sarah Woodhouse and her book, And she was describing this whole career change she made because a bunch of people during university years made her feel that her career choice was ridiculous. You know, they they were just the intellectual snobby elite of British society that was like, you know, you either be a barrister or you be a journalist or something else. Go into politics. That's what it was. And everything else is really quite beneath them. Oh, whatever. People... We have 80 to 100 years on this planet if we're lucky. Everyone passes away eventually. Do not let other people's idiocy affect your happiness, your belief about how amazing you are as a human being. The world only has one of you. And whether you're here for a minute or a 100 years, you came here and made an impact somewhere, somehow. Own that. Know it and own it. But do not be afraid to let things go. I just loved, I'm just going to repeat that before I leave about how Melody Beattie talks about just lay it in the ground and thank it for, you know, the time it had in your life and move on and then open up. So one of the big things, you know, after this past two weeks where I've really had a rough two weeks, I actually have done a couple of podcasts and just deleted them. Just, it was in a bad mind space and then poof, I come through it and the sun is shining again figuratively because literally it is raining outside right now and it's like oh no I still have lots more to contribute lots more dreams to accomplish I don't have to be a workaholic anymore but I got stuff I want to do and things I know I can do because I am smart and I'm amazing and I am my word means something that's how I feel about myself I saw an ad I saw uh, someone that my old coach put me together with and she put a post up today and it was a picture of herself. Clearly someone that had self images, image issues for a long, long time, which is crazy when you see her picture, she's stunning. But she ended it by saying, you know, one of the things I love about myself is my green eyes. And sure enough in the picture, she truly has green eyes and they are beautiful. I loved that. Some people might, if you're triggered right now and you're thinking, well, that's vain. No, it's not. No, it's not. I love my smile. I have lovely hazel eyes. I am not a stunningly gorgeous woman. I like my slim waist. I like my energy. I love my love for other people most of the time. I do get a little impatient sometimes with people that just are yucky. 
you know, when people are evil or nasty or taking out their hurt through anger and such, yeah, I struggle a little bit with that. But for the most part, I like the optimistic person I am. Even if it's brought me some heartache, I'd rather have the heartache than walk around with a hard heart shell and a, and a, a piece of armor around me keeping me protected from being hurt again because that's not living fully and it's certainly not living full out. All right. So think about some of these things today. Uh, my next podcast is going to be on triggers and we will chat then. Take care, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com and Instagram at livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through Shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan.